Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how's it going today? It is going great, man. I mean, we're just getting too many questions. We're too popular. We just got to keep banging out shows, right? This this is a good problem to have. Matt, we had so, <laughs> so many good questions last week. I mentioned at the beginning of that show that uh, we had our most ever, and like we always do, we didn't get to answer them all. We felt bad. So here we are again to answer some more of those questions. Yeah. Just keep them coming. We love it. It's lots of, lots of good topics, a variety, and with free agency and draft and combine and all those things on the horizon, it's good to have that mix of questions. All right, let's get into our question. First one from Dane. We are uh, Russell Wilson has been a top five quarterback for a few seasons. This year he was quarterback one. Is it time to cash out or is he too valuable in a super flex league to give up those remaining years of top tier value? So Wilson's been in the league eight years, uh, had that surprise breakout rookie season, even after he was a, what, a third round pick, I believe, third or fourth, Uh, quarterback eight, his rookie season, quarterback three, quarterback three, quarterback 10, and quarterback one this season. So quarterback 10 is his worst showing, still relatively young, especially from a quarterback perspective. And like I said earlier, I kind of feel like he's a little bit discounted compared to some of the other maybe more flashier quarterbacks. I'm hanging on to Russell Wilson in a super flex league. I, I I don't really see much of a reason to trade him. I sort of disagree. And I think he's a great player and a tremendous fantasy player because of his legs. I just see things in Seattle going a little south, you know, that uh, on both sides of the ball that in, in we look at his career, I think this might be a little bit of a downtime when they're, seven, eight type of win team again. And that doesn't mean the offense is going to be terrible, but they're, they don't have a lot of running game. Jimmy Graham's a touchdown machine. I don't think he'll be back. Um, They might start to break in the Darbos of the world and people like that. And that league that I just mentioned, I traded Jones, I traded for Aaron Jones. I was utterly rebuilt. I traded Wilson and I had, uh, I ended up getting Mariota, like I mentioned, and I had golf. So I traded Wilson for a mid second this year an 18 second and an 18 first or a 19, a 19 second, a 19 first and an 18 mid round set mid second. Yeah. I think you did pretty well there. Um, So not necessarily a player I would suggest selling certainly not a sell at all cost type player, No, but yeah, that cat, that cash out in a one quarterback league is a nice one for sure. Yeah, I was happy with that. Next question from Charles. The tight end spot has become the churn and burn position these days with the top tier from two or three years ago, all facing decline or injuries. Of course, talking about Reed, Graham, uh, Eifert, guys like that. Kelsey and Ertz have a history of concussions, but yet are still very costly in startups. Is it smart to just recycle them for some already – on the rise name. So tight end position is interesting, especially when you're looking at ADP. Travis Kelsey's the tight end one right now. That's the first time in uh, wow. almost four years that Gronkowski has not been the tight end one. Gronk is tight end two. Of course, that has to do with his uh, rumored retirement consideration. What's your take there really quickly? You think that's for real? Do you think he... No. 
<laughs> no. No, I don't. I mean, cut I, dry. I, I, yeah, I just think you see it sometimes late in the year after a tough loss, people say that. Okay. So maybe maybe he's a value at this point, but of course he has his annual injury issues. Uh, it's it's Kelsey, Gronk, Ertz, and then we've got the young guys. Ingram at four, Hunter Henry at five, Howard at six, and Joku at seven before you get into that group that's just kind of – uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do with these guys. Jimmy Graham, Kyle Rudolph, Greg Olson, Jordan Reed is still in that tight end one range just because there is nobody else. Wow. Uh, this this one's kind of interesting. George Kittle is tight end 12, a tight end really? one. I mean, I like Kittle. I got him from the really cheap, and I'm really happy about that. But that, am- that amazes me that he's going that high, and I guess it is partially because the Jordan Reeds and Eiferts and all these guys have been so banged up and hard to trust. Like you didn't even mention Eric Ebron. I mean, Eric Ebron's that boring guy that nobody wants anymore. Right. But he's a good football player and he's yeah, gotten better. I think the Kittle ADP probably says more about the guys below him. Ebron is right below him at 13. Uh, Mark Andrews, the uh, Oklahoma tight end, the incoming rookies, 14. Doyle, Hooper, ASJ, Dallas Goddard, uh, another incoming rookie is 18. Eifert, Shaheen, Delaney Walker. It's just kind of a group that's all muddled in there together. The guy at 22, you're talking about guys you want to buy this offseason. Tight end 22, Trey Burton, the yes. Eagles backup, a free agent now, unrestricted free agent. Have to assume, yeah, we have to assume he's he's not going back to, to Philly. Um, only because I'm, I would I would think he's looking for more playing time and, and a payday. Uh, he's a player. I actually have him ranked as a tight end one. He's my tight end 11 in Dynasty. So he's a player that I would be buying. And depending on the format of your league, he may still be on the waiver wire. Uh, he was late season pickup when, when or I guess mid-season pickup when Ertz was dealing with some injuries. Uh, when Ertz came back, some people just dumped Burton. I hung on to him, as did uh, as did several others. But he's a guy to check your waiver wire for. Uh, that might be – last year we said go add Rex Burkhead. That worked out pretty well. Um, so maybe it's Trey Burton this year. Yeah, I think it's a great call. I don't know if I'd call him a top 12 guy, but maybe I will in a month or two. Eagles are cash-strapped. I don't think there's any chance he comes back. And he's going to make money. I mean, uh, somebody's going to pay him well to be their starting tight end. The other name on that list late that I'm targeting is Adam Shaheen. Yeah. You know, their head coach comes over from Kansas City, offensive guy. We know how, how they use Kelsey. And I'm not saying he's Kelsey. I mean, he's but he's a highly talented dude that we knew was going to take a year or two coming from a tiny school unless they go sign a Shaheen or, or unless they go sign a – Eifert or Burton or somebody like that. I can see Shaheen getting a real spike. I think there's some good buying opportunities there because when you talk about that rookie class from last year, of course the talk is all about Ingram and Howard and Njoku, which is deserved. Mm -hmm. But that next tier down, Kittle at 12, I don't see a ton of difference between Kittle, Shaheen, Jonu Smith, and even Gerald Everett. Kittle is 12, Shaheen is 20. Johnny Smith, 24, Everett, 25. Those last two would be a, a step behind the other ones to me. See, I, I kind of see that there's there's two tiers there, Kittle and Shaheen. 
and then the other two who are, are fighting for playing time right now. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Op- opportunity wise alone, that's probably mm-hmm. fair. Um, as much as I like Najoku, he's like seven. You know, like Engram to me is light years ahead of Najoku. Like you can start Engram every week right now. You can't start Najoku, and I like him, but you can't put the check mark in his box. Right. But you're still taking him. I mean, dynasty startup. You're taking over, taking him over Jimmy Graham. Yeah, for sure. Over, I mean, yeah, over sure. Greg Olson, over sure. Jordan Reed. So this whole conversation right. goes to goes back to Charles's question that tight end is is just really, really kind of muddy right now because even your top guys have some concerns with injuries. Uh, your that mid tier is young and somewhat unproven. And then everybody else is just kind of a dart throw from eight down to 25 or so. It makes you think, you know, you, it's really nice to have Ingram or Henry or Ertz, you know, but I mean, Ertz is going to cost a little bit more that they're young and they're startable and they might only be getting better. The one guy too, that we, I know we did, we kind of mentioned his name, but if I can buy Tyler Eifert dirt cheap, you can. Yeah, I'm, exactly. And if he's hurt, I won't start him. If he's playing, I'm going to start him, no matter where he lands. I think I think you can buy him for a third in most leagues. I'll take it. Give me Najoku and Eifert, and that doesn't cost me that much and prepares me for the future. And yep. Next question from John. How should we value Lamar Jackson if he ends up behind an aging veteran like Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Rivers, Rodgers, even uh, in a super flex rookie draft? So I think uh, I think Jackson NFL draft wise is kind of becoming slotted in as the fifth guy behind uh, Darnold and Rosen and Allen and Mayfield. And yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Uh, so so he's the the fifth guy. He's probably uh, again and in, in from from that lens, he's probably closer to closer to Mason Rudolph maybe than he is that top tier. Uh, you, you still hear the whispers that he should play wide receiver and things like that. So all that stuff is still out there. Now, from a fantasy perspective, I think he gets a bump. And I've seen several people say that he's their quarterback one, rookie rookie quarterback one in fantasy simply because of, of his running and playmaking ability. So um, – if he lands in a spot like that where he's obviously going to sit in 2018, maybe even 2019, but get that opportunity down the road, I think that would be ideal. His his draft uh, value would probably fall a little bit just because of the lack of immediate opportunity, but uh, that, that would just create a value. If, if he falls to the late first, early second, that's where uh, that's where I would be considering him. Yeah, I think he's somebody I want on my dynasty team. You know, there's so many quarterbacks, but especially in the superflex world, I think I would pay for him almost no matter where he lands. Um, I was thinking from a different perspective, though, is what if Buffalo uses one of their two first round picks on him, or Jacksonville at the end of round one takes him, or a team like the Jets doesn't get their guy in the first round, but trades back to 32 and takes mm-hmm. them or something like that. Yeah. You know, where there's a clearer path. I try to read a different mock draft every day just to 
stay updated on how different people are, are viewing the draft and the individual prospects. It, it's crazy that basically a new mock draft comes out from somebody on some site somewhere right. every single day. Uh, most of those don't have Lamar Jackson in the first round, but I agree with you. I still, I still think he ends up as a late first rounder. Uh, and I don't think it's, out of the question that uh, he kills the combine and he kills his pro day and some team falls in love and takes him 13 or something like that. Do you think he'll run under a four or five? I think he's faster than Vic was. Ooh, I forget what Vic ran, but I do too. There wasn't many <laughs> people on the field faster than Vic. That's why I said, hand. that's yeah. why I said it that way. I, I've heard some say he has a better arm than Vic. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I do think he's an improved passer. I saw a ton of him being just uh, just a few minutes down the road for me. Uh, so certainly improved. Um, and and clearly, I think he's a quarterback in the NFL. That doesn't mean he's, he's uh, guaranteed for success or anything like that. But I think tr- trying to move him to a different position would not be wise. Yeah, I think I said this before about him. Maybe it wasn't even on this podcast, but I think that's crazy talk. And I'm not even talking about dynasty, but to me, it's a little more appealing that if he is sitting behind rivers, maybe you still have him active on game day and he runs five routes for you. You know, you can still help your team, even though he goes to the quarterback reading room every day, that maybe he, he comes out as a decoy, as a Cordell Stewart for a year, or worst case scenario, you have him in your building for two or three years and you're like, this guy isn't going to make it a quarterback maybe we can save our career, our pick and put him in a different meeting room, but to draft him as a wide receiver or anything other than quarterback is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, we got a question from one of my dynasty command center folks earlier from Charles. We got another one now from Stan. Would you be trading for Dante Moncrief and what would you pay? So we we've had a uh-huh. kind of an ongoing conversation at dynasty command center this week about Moncrief uh, I, I know Stan likes him. I'll, I'll spoil that for you. I still like him too. What about you? Are are do you still like him? Are you still a believer? Are you still trading for him in dynasties? Of course, entering free agency. I think he ends up on a new roster. I don't think the Colts agreed make make much of an effort to sign him. So I'm excited to see where he lands. What are you doing? Yeah, I think he won't be back with the Colts. I was a believer, and I'm really down on him. Yeah. But if you look at it like a stock, maybe this is the time to buy. You know, because I think you got to be able to get him cheap right now. And, and not knowing where he lands, somebody's going to give him money. Maybe it's a one-year deal, and maybe that's best for him. Who knows? Originally, when I, I heard you read this question, I said, eh, not much. And then I said, well, maybe this is really a buying opportunity. Let's stick with that same evaluation we had for Tariq Cohen and um, I forgot. Cohen. Yeah, I, for, I forgot who the other guy was, but two eight. Are you giving two eight for Moncrief? No, but I'll give okay. you a three two. Okay, I think I think I would hold at that price. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can buy him for any third rounder, I would do that. Uh, I think I I think I might buy him for a late second as well. I, I'm. Still, still pretty intrigued. This is a top twenty-five dynasty valued player. Not, uh, not so long ago. So, if he does land in a new spot, if he flashes, I think his value 
can bounce back pretty quickly. So if you want to view that, like you said, as a stock, as a, as a buying and then selling opportunity, I think that could pay off. Would you rather Marquise Lee, who I also think will be changing teams? Yes. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I would rather have Moncrief than Lee. I think I would too. I'm not a big yeah. of a Lee fan. I think yeah. Moncrief has more ability. All right. A couple more here. Uh, you, you mentioned Landry earlier. Billy says, will Landry leaving Miami finally lead to the Devontae Parker breakout? We, we probably it's spoiled this question. Yeah. Uh, spoiled this question with your earlier trade talk. Um, I, I think still- I'd chop him. Yeah, I still don't know if I I don't know if I believe that Landry's going to be gone first of all, and if he is, just like really just like the Devonte Booker situation for me, I would I would take the opportunity to sell Parker. Um, I mean, he was he was basically outplayed by Kenny Stills all year, right? Yeah, I mean, I know I like Parker more than you do. But I think people will look at the dynasty world and say this is a time to buy him before Landry leaves. Those targets have to go somewhere. I'm kind of looking at from a a defensive coordinator perspective. If I have a number one corner, I'm putting him on Parker. And I don't think he's willing – I don't think he's able to handle that. And I'm almost positive that pro football focus, which I put a a fair amount of of faith in, said that Parker had the second toughest – cornerback matchups in 2017 with Antonio Brown being number one. And that makes you think, well, maybe I'll jump on him, but I don't think that's ever going to change. You know, like he's going to get Stefan Gilmore twice a year. You know what I mean? Like anyone that plays, they're going to take him away with their best guy and he's not really a one. Yeah. I have some of those same concerns and I don't, I don't think it's the Devonte Parker breakout. I, I do think we could see some improvement. Um, but that that doesn't mean he's he's a fantasy starter. He has uh, two career top twenty four wide receiver weeks, I believe, is is the number, which is not not good. It's not reliable. Question from Big Mike: Where would you rank Cortland Sutton versus the twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen wide receiver draft classes? Um, and also would jump be. On that. Yeah, so let's think about that one first. 2016, 2017 wide receivers. Uh, so I, I still I want Corey Davis over him. I want Juju over him. Mike Williams? Uh, probably go Sutton there. Hmm. I kind of would like to snag Mike Williams right now. Yeah, yeah. His his value's dropped, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I like him as, as a buy and see what happens as well. But, I mean, if we're saying that Sutton is a top-five pick – I don't know that I'm giving that for Mike Williams, though. Right. Like I'm sitting here going, I'd give you 110 for Mike Williams, but I'm not going to get Sutton at 10. Right. Uh, 2016 rookies. Who were the 2016 rookies, Matt? I should probably know that, but I don't. (laughs) I don't either. I don't either. Cooper's class was 15. Uh, Who was 16? 2016 rookie wide receivers. Oh, this this is why I didn't remember. I've I've blocked this from my memory. <laughs> Laquan Treadwell. I hear he's getting traded. By the way, I hope so. Where? I mean, would you give up a mid third for Treadwell? Hope he yeah, ends up somewhere yeah. else. I still, see what I still, I'm yeah. still holding out some hope. I, I I think I'm holding out hope only because of Devin Funchess and Nelson Aguilar and guys like that. Yeah, so, right, right, right. I'm holding out for Corey Coleman still, who's in that class. I, yeah, I would uh, I would like to see Treadwell traded, though. Maybe 
get a little bit of an opportunity and, and we can know for sure that he's bad. Uh, right. Treadwell Boyd, Dotson, Michael Thomas is, is the prize of that class at, at wide receiver. Corey mm-hmm. Coleman, Sterling Shepard, Will Fuller. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it from the wide receiver group. So 16, 17. The only question is Shepard. Would you rather have Shepard or Sutton? I would rather have Sutton. I think Will Fuller's at least in the conversation though. Really? Well, as much as Sterling Shepard is. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather Mike Williams than Will Fuller. Yeah, that's fair. And that goes back to the earlier conversation. I can't. So if if you're combining the two classes plus Cortland Sutton, it's Michael Thomas one, probably Juju and Corey Davis two and three, however you like those. Um, Sutton four ish. And then Sutton is probably four ahead of. Mike Williams and Shepard, Shepard, Coleman, Fuller, Dotson, and uh, anybody else we might have missed from last year. Pretty lean years. Yes. Yeah. That's why we're looking forward to 2019. Uh, So Mike's second part of that question, with the first two picks in the first round of a super flex rookie draft, uh, Barkley going 101, of course. Is it a no-brainer for Geis or Michelle to be the 1.02? any chance Sutton slips in. I mean, to me, it would be, I, I don't know what Mike's Superflex League is like, but to me, I think there's more of a conversation for Darnold or Rosen. Not or Rosen Asher, or, yeah. Whoever your favorite quarterback is. Why even mention the word Superflex if you're going to ask the, com- the question that way? Well, yeah, right. Well, I think, I think those guys have a stronger case for 1.02 than Sutton does. So to me... If we're if we're drafting right now in a super flex rookie draft, uh, I'm deciding between Geis and Rosen at 1.02. And I think, based on our previous conversation, Lamar Jackson's name might be in the conversation at least, right? Right. Well, Jackson and Darnold and and Mayfield, depending on what you think of him, those guys are all in there. Honestly, I'm probably taking in that format. I'm probably taking three quarterbacks and three running backs before I take Sutton. So he's more of a mid first rounder uh, in, in that super flex format, in my opinion. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, guys for sure over Sutton, right? Maybe Ridley over Sutton. I mean, if he's a first round pick and Sutton yeah. isn't, uh, he, and, you know? Yeah, that's true. He He's going to be a first round pick. And Ridley. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and by, by all accounts, he'll be the first wide receiver off the board. I think, I think a guy like Christian Kirk could actually sneak up there, kind of like we saw. You know, we saw Ross really move up the right. mock drafts and things. We saw Will Fuller really move up. I think Kirk could do the same thing. I don't know if he can move up enough to become the top drafted wide receiver, but uh, that's that's kind of how I see it. If Kirk's a late first round pick or goes to Dallas or something like that. He'll go pretty early in Dynasty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Last question comes from Greg. In year two of a Dynasty League, have lots of running backs, Hunt, Cook, McCaffrey, Hyde, Ajayi, Aaron Jones. Keep coming back to him. Uh, Not many wide receivers or quarterbacks, he mentions. Sammy Watkins, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup, Martavis Bryant. Has 1.2, 2.3 in a rookie draft. Who should he be trading? What wide receiver should he target to trade or draft? Lots keep of Jones. options there. Yeah, keep keep Jones. Don't sell low <laughs> on Jones. Would you consider moving one of those other backs, though? Sure. sure. My I, first thought, I, I, 
I would probably take advantage of free agency as soon as Carlos Hyde signs somewhere that looks like he's going to be the starter. I I would trade him. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got the 1.02, uh, and it doesn't look like it is a um, that's no, not, guys. not a super flex. Right. So that's guys. Uh, if if you feel strongly enough, you can trade down, acquire some uh, some extra draft capital, but. Don't take don't take wide receiver just because you have that need there. Absolutely not. Uh, don't but don't what about give this a, move, and this would take a little bit of maybe hemorrhaging your money for a year. But if you, I'm not saying trade 1.02, but didn't he have another first round pick? He has 2.03 as well. If you could trade 2.03 for a next year first, or somehow, oh, yeah. could, I mean that won't quite work. But you'd have to put a little juice on it, or hide for an 18 first or a Jai or, you know, maybe the 2018 class is the answer to your wide receiver needs. 2019, right. 19, correct. Right. Yeah. And honestly, I think once, once two, three is on the clock uh, again, <laughs> the depth of this class, yeah. I think you could, you could maybe find a buyer for a 2019 first. There'll be an owner that says, I'm going to win the league this year. I'll trade that first. It'll be one twelve next year. And then other guys get hurt and you, get a top five pick <laughs> if, the, if it plays out like that that would be nice <laughs> right. matt our last question today comes from andy and andy says uh with an apparently stellar wide receiver class coming in 2019 do you devalue current receivers in a startup this year mm. uh so we've we've talked about that 2019 wide receiver class on here a little bit before there's so many names. Nikhil Harry from Arizona State is is the prize, but uh, th- there are so many. We'll have to we'll have to do some Devi talk soon. Uh, get our buddy Nick Whalen back for a Devi yes. episode. So this dude from Arizona State is he a uh, Andre Johnson, Julio, AJ Green NFL type talent? I think that's how most people are are viewing him and valuing wow. him already. Now that's so, a dynasty asset as a twenty-year-old or whatever. Wow. Yeah, well, he's also yeah. he's also one of the youngest uh, wide receivers in that class as well, maybe the youngest of the prominent ones. So that will be appealing to dynasty players as well. Uh, so back to Andy's question: uh, What looks like a strong wide receiver class? Very strong. I, I in fact compared it to the twenty fourteen wide receiver class uh, earlier, uh, uh, several days ago on Twitter. So with, with that class coming in, do you devalue the current receivers? I think I think wide receivers are being devalued anyway because of the rise up of the running backs. I, I don't know, unless I was doing full-on productive struggle where I, I would just hoped to lose in, in 2018, I don't know that I would let the 2019 class affect too many of my draft picks, though. All right. Thanks again to all our listeners and the the questions that were submitted. Again, so many great ones. We had to uh, come back for another week, another round of Dynasty Q&A. We appreciate those. And I think we got to them all this time. Uh, We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint. 